This Facts and O'Brien podcast is brought to you by Gary Thomas and the Wealth Technology Group in Westfield. Where it's not what you make, it's what you keep. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 535. And Peter Gabriel on Rock 102. It's gonna get hot starting today. And if you think this is hot in the in the upper 90s, uh, a headline on the a headline on the Hartford Current right now says temperatures will soar above 105 degrees across Connecticut this week. So hopefully because uh, it's so close to the equator, uh, much closer. So hopefully the heat from Enfield will not blow its way into Longmeadow. But it is going to be hot starting today. Record high temperatures are possible. Oh, and throw in some of that humidity as well. It's uh, already a very muggy 73 in downtown Springfield. Steve Weisman from Scamicide.com will be joining us today. There's all kinds of summertime scams to get to, to get through before we start talking about fall time scams. So he'll be coming up after 8 o'clock this morning. And uh, after holding on for so long, uh, no, that's not my favorite Little River Band song. Uh, Mario or uh, Andrew Cuomo has decided to resign. Mario has remained dead. Yes, he has. Yeah, and uh, in a way, I guess he resigned many years ago. Yes, but under less uh, ugly circumstances. Five thirty-six with Bax and O'Brien at Rock One Hundred Two. Rock One Hundred Two, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's five fifty-one in Dire Straits and Rock One Hundred Two. Highly cloudy today. The chance of a stray shower or a thunderstorm, a high of 92. Tomorrow, going up to 96. And Friday won't be much better either. It's already a very muggy 73 in downtown Springfield. Hey, what do you say we hop right into some Hollywood trash with John O'Brien and Rock Alec Baldwin has called New York Governor Andrew Cuomo's resignation tragic. It came soon after Cuomo resigned, citing a need for the state to move on from the sexual harassment scandal that has engulfed his administration in recent months. Responding to the news, Baldwin wrote, Regardless of what you think of Cuomo, this is a tragic day. Party politics in this country draw ambitious but ultimately isolated, even socially maladjusted men and women who have given the current culture, current cancel culture, will likely have their shortcomings exposed and magnified, he tweeted. So what's he trying to say? Uh, That he likes uh, Governor Cuomo. Yeah. Well, Governor Cuomo's behavior is what got him in trouble. Yeah. Well, politics. Baldwin's behavior has kind of gotten him in trouble, too. Peas in a pod, man. Peas in a pod. What are you talking about? Alec Baldwin's as normal and as Uh, level-headed as any other individual. Uh (laughs) The man's insane. He's a perfectly reasonable man. But he's, but he's insane. insane. Yeah. Uh, Emmy Award winning Christina Applegate has announced that she, <coughs> excuse me, has multiple sclerosis, describing her diagnosis as a tough road. The 49-year-old, known for her roles in Married with Children and Dead to Me, said in a tweet late Monday she was diagnosed a few months ago. MS affects the nervous system, often resulting in progressive physical and cognitive decline. She won an Emmy in 2003 for a guest spot on Friends and has a Tony nomination for the musical Sweet Charity. She had uh, breast cancer a few years ago, too. She also had that, yeah. I didn't realize she won an Emmy for a guest spot on on Friends when she's been the the star of shows before and after that. But well, What difference would that make? 
Well, because you're on every week as opposed to one time. You would think that she might have had an Emmy for Married with Children after how many seasons? But Married with Children was already off the air before the time she got uh, that Emmy. I know that. But she could have gotten one back then. Yes, but you have to be nominated by your production company or 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 the show. And she wasn't. I know that. Thank you. That series is great, by the way. She's in. We've we both enjoyed that. Dead right? to me. It is dead, good. Dead yeah. to me, yeah. Uh, Stevie Nicks has canceled five forthcoming performances at music festivals citing the coronavirus. Nicks released a statement Tuesday saying that these are challenging times requiring challenging decisions. She says that while she is vaccinated, she's being extremely cautious with the hopes of a brighter 2022. She had been scheduled to headline one day each of a festival in California and uh, another one in Colorado. Those would have been in September. In October, she would have played two days at the Austin City Limits Music Festival and one day at the New Orleans Jazz Festival. She's also responsible for allegedly not letting Lindsey Buckingham back into Fleetwood Mac for a totally different disease. But that's going to happen now. Supposedly Mick Fleetwood, the drummer, is trying to lure Lindsey Buckingham back into the fold so he can go back out on tour full strength. Yeah, but she's insisting she doesn't want him back. Well, they got a history. I know. (laughs) You let them win one, they never give up. Global Citizen is gearing up to host a worldwide concert September 25th across six continents featuring artists like Black Eyed Peas, Coldplay, Billy Eilish, Eilish, Uh, Jennifer Lopez, Lizzo, Ed Sheeran, Her, and more. Is it Her or H-E-R since it's an acronym? Sounds like Her. Uh, It's it's an acronym in all caps. I I don't know. Maybe it's Hero and they forgot the O Uh, at the end or something. How many of those people could you identify? uh, Jennifer Lopez. (laughs) That's it. Um, And uh, Pat, Pat Sheehan. Okay, Patch. Yeah, but a different Patch. Patch was a was a television news anchor about thirty years ago, uh, locally, not Ed Sheeran. Maybe that other uh, one is Herm, by the way. And they left off the M, and it's Herm Edwards, the former Jets coach, making no, that comment. No, no, I don't, no, I don't think so. Uh, attendees will be required to be fully vaccinated or present a PCR test within seventy-two hours of the taping, and masks are required regardless of vaccination status. Prior to the taping, so they're doing this worldwide concert without a live audience. They never do these things live anymore. Oh, all right. Even, even if it's in front of a live audience, hmm. you, they still pre-record it. Uh, Jennifer Hudson has, in some ways, been preparing to play Aretha Franklin for her entire life, but she was surprised when the Queen of Soul asked her to take on the role following her Oscar win in Dreamgirls in 2007. Respect would take almost 15 years to make it to the big screen, during which time Franklin died. Hudson believes it's the perfect time for the movie, and the audiences may emerge from the film with a newfound respect for Aretha. The film from uh, a director follows the singer from childhood through the 1972 recording of a gospel album, Amazing Grace. Respect opens nationwide. It's not a bad choice, actually. She's a good actress, and the woman's got some pipes. Yeah, but I don't think it's going to draw people into the movie theaters, unfortunately, with the with the virus. And there's no word on this also streaming anywhere. Well, is it completed, or is they just or are they just starting it? 
It opens nationwide on Friday. On Friday. Okay, gotcha. In what was otherwise a rough two weeks in Tokyo for NBC, viewers perked up a bit in the second week of the games when the U.S. team's performance did the same. NBC's viewership during the second week was down 46% compared to week two during the Rio de Janeiro games in 2016. The first week, NBC was down 52%. Overall, primetime Olympic viewership when... NBC, cable networks, and streaming is figured in, averaged 15.6 million people for the Olympic viewing. The Nielsen Company said that was down 42% compared to Rio. I did this a couple days ago on the uh, View from the Couch. Basically, what they're saying is that viewers were confused by the options for streaming, and it was hard to figure out you I know, don't how, think- to, how to watch when, what and where. I don't think that's it, Bax. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, people. I mean, people are still interested in the events, mm. but if you can't find them, ultimately that hurts your ratings. You can't hide badminton. Yeah, you can. They've been hiding it for years. Well, that's because they've been pronouncing it wrong for years. It's the only thing I was interested in watching. It's all the only thing I was interested in being corrected about. Badminton. You're real hung up on that, aren't you? I, I really am. I had no idea. Sixty-one years of uh, playing with shuttlecocks, and I never knew it. That's your Hollywood trash at Rockwell. And now, Bax's View from the Couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Grills, grills, grills. Weber, Big Green Egg, and Traeger Wood-Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? As some of you have heard by now, the Boston Celtics have agreed to terms with free agent guard Dennis Schroeder of the Lakers. Now, you might say, so what? And under regular circumstances, I might say the same thing. I mean, it's not like he's a bad player. In fact, he's pretty decent, averaging 14.3 points per game on a team loaded with big shooters like LeBron James and Anthony Davis. So what's the big deal with Dennis Schroeder? Well, it's a matter of your perspective. According to uh, multiple sources, it's not so much about how the Celtics had to spend to get him. It's more about what he would have gotten had he stayed with the Lakers. According to reports, the Celtics landed Dennis on a one-year deal worth a reported 5.9 million bucks. Now, that sounds like a lot of money to me, and it is. However, what's also being reported is that prior to taking the deal with Boston, he turned down a four-year extension with the Lakers worth $80 million. Based upon my calculations, that would have turned out to be about $20 million per season. Now, either Dennis Schroeder is the biggest idiot in the NBA, or the Boston Celtics just got the steal of the century. Or perhaps it's both. Being an eternal optimist, I'm going to say it's a steal of the century kind of thing. Because in the right situation, a guy who's capable of scoring 14.3 points per game while being surrounded like by ball hogs like LeBron James and Anthony Davis is likely to do slightly better if he's allowed to do more things, especially at 25% of the cost. Suddenly, Brad Stevens is looking like a genius. And if we find out that Dennis Schrader isn't that great and starts stinking up the joint, then guess what? You can trade the guy without having to shoulder the burden of unloading the rest of an $80 million contract that you need to get rid of. Yes, this might just be an active genius on the part of the Boston Celtics. You're getting a potential A-list player for the price of a C or a D. Having said that, why a guy turns down a contract that would have paid him $20 million a year is a bond, uh, beyond my ability to comprehend. But if he makes the most out of this one contractually obligated season in Boston, there's no telling where his next contract may end up. Personally, I would have taken the $80 million, but that's mostly because I lack foresight and patience. This guy, on the other hand, who the hell knows what he's thinking? But hey, and if I'm I, Yappin' Sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. You know what? It might snow, 
Not this week. But this weekend, you can go and get uh, tax-free an Aaron Snowblower or an Ego Electric Lawnmower. Tax-free, a steel chainsaw. They're ready, willing, and able to not charge you sales tax this weekend at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back, Seth. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 614 and ACDC in Rock 102. A few very hot days starting today into Friday with highs 90 or better. And uh, the humidity is going to be up there as well, just like now. It's a muggy 73 in downtown Springfield. Steve Weissman from Scamicide.com will be joining us after 8 o'clock. Plus, there's a lot of chance to win tickets uh, all over the place. So we'll tell you more about that later, too. Uh, before I get into this uh, this issue uh, uh, that I found this morning of a Massachusetts senator who wants to change the basis for doing traffic stops, let me do something uh, a little bit connected to this. How many months did it take me to get the, the light fixed at uh, Converse and Dickinson? Complaining about the light, they had set it up so that it cycled through to give a green light to the two driveways on the south side of Converse Street at four in the morning. Remember that? Yes, I, I don't. I don't uh, know for sure that you were the oh, impetus for that. Please, decision. But oh, come on now. You know, you know damn well how powerful this show is. No, it's not. Uh, as yeah. Powerful oh, as you might think. oh, really? Hall it's of Fame. Not. Hall That's of Fame. Right. Hall, That's and, right. Listen, that and a dollar will get you on a bus. So here's the new one. Uh, I don't know what's been going on for the last few weeks there on Converse Street of them trying to uh, do construction work, but now the light at Converse and Longmeadow Street, Route 5, uh, also cycles through a walk signal at 4 a.m. Th- there's there's no need to do that. That's why they put poles up with buttons on them so you can hit the button and get the walk signal. You don't a- need it to naturally go through the cycle of the light. It's uh, been a while since I've taken Converse at that time of day, mm-hmm. and uh, rarely uh, that far up on Converse. But yeah. I don't ever recall seeing a lot of pedestrian traffic at 4 o'clock in the morning. Not 4 in the morning. Actually, anywhere in Longmeadow, for that matter. There may be at 4 in the afternoon, but uh, again, it's not really a thing that goes through the normal cycle anyway. That's why they put the light with the button, the pole with the button on it, so that you can change it to a walk signal when it's needed. Well, it used to be some sort of uh, part-time phony cop. Can't you just blast through that at 4 o'clock in the morning? I did. Yeah, and yes. this is what I'm talking about. No cop, no stop. That's right. So, speaking of stops, uh, there's this senator here in Massachusetts that wants to change the way police are allowed to do traffic stops. Now, what's interesting about it, because I thought, well, this is a stupid idea. We're not the first. Uh, Virginia has been doing this already. The premise is based on the fact that a disproportionate number of minorities have either been stopped or been in altercations or been shot or been killed by law enforcement. Or Ben Kingsley. Uh, or or uh, Benny King. Yeah, ben right. Affleck. Ben Roethlisberger. That began with a traffic stop. So this legislator is saying, let's stop stopping cars for minor offenses. Actually, why don't you just come right out and say what you're thinking, okay? Let's stop stopping African-Americans because that's basically what they're talking about here. If their reason for wanting to do this is race-based, then go ahead and make the law race-based because 
all the other people out there with expired registrations, expired inspection stickers, uh, and any number of other reasons, and there's a whole list of reasons, because I looked up the one from Virginia, Yeah, um, can't be stopped for defective, unsafe equipment, can't be stopped for not having brake lights, can't be stopped for an excessively noisy uh, exhaust system, can't be stopped for tinting or items dangling from rearview mirrors, <clears throat> and can't be stopped for the smell of marijuana. Well, riddle me this. Uh, Virginia's had this for a while, or is this new? Uh, I think it's. I, it appears to be from the 2020 session. So All right, so it's relatively, relatively new. new. So do they? So I assume that it is too soon to know for sure what mm. the impact is well, of this uh, policy. But there have been studies, and I get this. There was a study in San Diego that was done to determine how many traffic stops actually led to arrests. And granted, it's a small number. But nevertheless, a lot of times cars are being stopped not for the purpose or the hope of making an arrest, but for safety reasons, whether it be for the driver and owner of the vehicle or other vehicles on the road. So how? what's the percentage then? of cars that are pulled over for reckless driving that results that's not in an altercation. That's not included in the in this list. Any moving offense will be still allowed. Drunk driving would still be allowed, reckless driving, speeding, running a stop sign, or a walk signal at four AM. Uh, those all would still count. Well I'm 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 asking because I'm trying to understand exactly are you are, are you kind of putting the cart before the horse? Is this kind of like a misdirected effort? Because, yeah. you know, if if a guy is being pulled over because, you, you know, his, his registration sticker is expired, oh. uh, does that have a disproportionate uh, reaction of... Mm. A guy being taken out of his car and beaten with a with a nightstick, as opposed to just a warning. Please get your uh, your car registered. I'm I'm not sure, but you just reminded me the registration sticker has to have been expired for four months. If it's been expired for four months, then it's okay for the police to pull the car over. Oh well, you got some. You got a little grace period. Well, I got I got some time to kill. <laughs> ridiculous. Awesome. It's a free time in my hands. Yeah. I commit all kinds of crimes you in know, four months. <laughs> even even the smell of marijuana thing. I mean, when I was doing the job, and granted, it's been a while now, and marijuana laws have changed all over the country, but you weren't allowed to pull a car over for the smell of burnt marijuana. You were allowed to pull a car over for the smell of fresh marijuana. Wow, that uh, it requires a uh, experienced nose, Quite I would a nose, think, there, yeah. right? Or a very, very large amount of fresh marijuana. Now, how many people did you pull over when you were part of law enforcement, John? For for what? Anything, any oh, reason. anything? Yeah, uh, how many times did you actually pull Hundreds. Some? Really? Hundreds, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, hundreds of times. Bastard. Oh, yeah, there's, a, there's, um, a, there's a lot of rogue uh, uh, motorists in oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. They're all trying to get out. That's what I would do is just sit on the town line and wait. Because there's um, nothing to do but get out. Yeah. I, you know, again, I get it. And, and if there is a study somewhere that found... The number of arrests disproportionate, completely disproportionate to um, to equipment violations. Because, again, these are not moving violations. These are equipment violations. What I think they should do then is they do this down in Florida. There is a separate division of the state law enforcement arm 
that only enforces motor vehicle laws. These are, I believe, I don't want to say this because I might be wrong. I I, I don't know if they're armed or not. I, they may not be armed, uh, but they will stop cars for equipment violations. You got a headlight out. You got a taillight out. You got a license plate uh, covered with film, uh, those kinds of things. That That's the only thing they do. So if they're not police officers, they're not trained as police officers, and they're not armed like police officers, they're not going to yeah. behave like police officers. See, to me, it's 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 kind of hard to comment on because I don't know enough information about, well, what really causes what? Well, mm-hmm. you know, again, if, if, if what you're saying is an equipment problem, is saying, you know, taillights out or, you know, your, your exhaust pipe is hanging too, whatever it might be. You know, that doesn't necessarily indicate to me that there's going to be a problem once the car is pulled over. But if you get a guy who's uh, driving, you know, recklessly or erratically, blowing through stoplights, you know, he, there may be a probable cause sure. issue afoot, and then he is more likely to, ha- you know, the, the cop to, to have him get out of the vehicle and and do a field sobriety test, which may cause problems. I mean, right. to me, this is kind of like one of those. It's kind of like a feel-good measure, but it doesn't really prove anything. Well, this is germane to the discussion, too, John, of the numerous times you pulled somebody over, how many resulted in citations or serious issues? Uh, None of them ever resulted in an arrest. Many of them ended up in citations. It depended on on the offense. It depended on your attitude. Uh, Ever get uh, involved in a tune-up with a nightstick? Yeah, once, but it was alone. That's different. Yeah, any yeah. any female uh, motorists uh, try and uh, bat their eyelashes out of your there were, uh, uh, I, I remember them less than I remember <laughs> the one who talked her husband into getting a ticket because she was wouldn't shut up during the whole thing. The moment I walked up to the car, what do you want? What, why did you stop us? What did you pull us over for? <laughs> why don't you let me speak, and oh, I will tell you. That's a night to remember for a loving couple. And I wanted to hand it to him and say, God bless you, pal. <laughs> Trust me when I tell you, this citation's the least of your problems. Exactly. <laughs> it's 624 with Bax and O'Brien and Dave Coombs from Laser 99.3 at Rock 102. There's never been a better time to... It's 628 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. You know what a stickler I've been for uh, uh, improvement projects around the city that are allowed to lapse right over time? Sure. You know, when they rebuilt the Memorial Bridge and underneath they put those nice arches and they put lights on all those arches. And then as the lights burnt out, they never replaced them. So now... None of those arches are lit anymore. Those damn CFL bulbs are so damn expensive. It's like, you know, you spend all that money to do that, and then you don't upkeep it. You know what they're doing now? Not Uh, lighting the big globe on the Basketball Hall of Fame at night. Well, because you got to crawl up there, and you got to replace the bulb. It's it's a lot of work. And that's probably not included in the $16 or $30 million renovation they just did. Maybe it's an energy saver. Maybe they're doing it on purpose. You know, you built that thing with a very cool, and you promoted it as having, you know, like a million light combinations and all that. And now you just turn it off. Maybe they can uh, change the bulbs of that federal grant money they just received. Yeah. Well, hopefully they will turn it back on again, because if you spend that much money renting Innovating it and it got worse, that's probably not good. And you know, without that light, right, the Hall of Fame, you can't see anything. No, you can't. You have no idea where you are. You don't tripping. even know if you're going north or south. I'm tripping all over the city half mm-hmm. the time because I can't see anything. Let's laugh. Tell me, 
Tell me which one. It's Bax and O'Brien's joke of the day. Well, it's nice to find a fellow with a keen sense of humor. On Rock 102. Joke of the day brought to you by Gary Rome Hyundai. Get three years complimentary maintenance at Gary Rome Hyundai, Whiting Farms Road in Holyoke, and that's no joke. Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Springfield's classic rock. There's a very old man suffering from a pretty rare disease. How old is he? I don't know. (laughs) And he can only drink human milk. And he says to the doctor, he says, well, how am I going to get human milk? And the doctor says, you know what? I got a patient. She just had a baby. Maybe she can help you out. So he hooks the two of them up. And every day the guy goes to the woman's house for his daily feeding. And uh, the woman is a dark-eyed, big-breasted lady who Uh, in spite of herself, begins to become aroused as the man comes over every day for his uh, daily feeding. And uh, one day she whispers into his ear and she says, "Uh, do you you like this? And and he goes, oh, yeah, yeah, it's wonderful. And then she says, "Uh, well, is there anything else you'd like? And uh, the guy goes, well, you know what, Uh, maybe a little cookie. (laughs) <laughs> he wants a cookie with his milk for not dinner. cookie <laughs> booyah Bax and O'Brien on Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock which will you enjoy more your new gr- 634 with Bax and O'Brien on Rock 102 it's time for news uh, filling in for Steve Nagel this week is Dave Coombs from Laser 99.3 guys it was only about a week ago that Massachusetts Governor Charlie Baker said it would be quote very difficult for Andrew Cuomo to remain in office if all these allegations against him were true well yesterday the New York governor right next door to us resigned Cuomo of course with all those allegations he harassed 11 different women he'll be replaced by Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul who becomes New York's first female governor i don't understand the uh the you go through all this crap over the last couple of months um you deny 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 actually he's still continuing to deny Mm -hmm. he's just simply saying he doesn't want to uh affect the governing of new york any longer and then they announced yesterday that uh, his brother chris cuomo was on vacation this week uh, and and he's going well. Uh, you know what? It's my birthday. I take uh, I take this week off every year. And then boom! All of a sudden, the governor comes out the next day and announces his resignation, effective in two weeks. I never understood the I'm being disgraced, and therefore I will give up my job. But I'm going to stay for a couple more weeks. He's got a lot of stuff hidden, probably. He needs to clean up. Yeah. There's probably a bunch of shredding that needs <laughs> right. to be done. Exactly and, right. The hiding of uh, evidence. And, you know, there's also still a transition that has to happen. And even though uh, you have somebody new coming in, you know, I'm, I'm sure he's going to want to get to know her. Uh, if he doesn't already know the lieutenant governor, make, then uh, yeah, he, make, I mean, Charlie make, Baker make doesn't go moves. anywhere. Oh, please. <laughs> Charlie Baker doesn't go anywhere without Karen Polito. And, and if. And if a guy died in office, you wouldn't have that opportunity for transition either. But I mean, if you're resi- if you're resigning, disgrace. Actually, I think in the state tomorrow. of I think in the state of New York, you are required not to die for at least two weeks before transition. Yeah. Did not know that. Yeah, one of the bylaws. That's, that's a law. Mm-hmm. As for Governor Charlie Baker here in the Bay State, his plan for a two month sales tax holiday. Will not happen, of course, but the traditional two-day holiday will take place this weekend. Mm-hmm. Items bought on Saturday and Sunday will not be charged with Massachusetts sales tax. The exemption, by the way, only allowed to be applied with the purchase of retail items under $2,500. So you can't purchase anything big 
and expect too big. Well, right. You can't buy a car. I guess no. Yeah, but a thousand dollar item is a big th- big item for me. Sure. Yeah, but I don't. You know, I I just I've always kind of wondered. I mean, do do people buy things? that they need during this time or do they buy things that are more of a luxury because of saving well, the taxes i think you got to look at it in the bigger picture it's kind of like you know, you know how does costco get away with selling a six dollar uh, rotisserie chicken mm-hmm. they know they're losing uh money by doing that but they're getting more people into the store because they really want the chicken mm. if you are telling everybody it's a tax-free weekend you're getting more people into these retail locations who may or may not wind up buying you know what they want, but they may buy other things. And if you get more bodies in there, you are ultimately selling more merchandise. Well, and when it comes to buying things you need, I, I don't, uh, I don't know if the savings of the tax money is enough to lure me. Like for instance, this year, I think I might need a snowblower, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm not the kind of person who's going to spend $1,500 on a snowblower. Well, you were carping yesterday about the cost of a router. Maybe now uh, yeah. would be the time yeah. to buy yourself uh, a router. I, I mean, then what are you going to save? $4? Well, plus you save, I think we proved yesterday, after about a year, it pays for itself. Yeah, well, but I mean for the initial savings yeah. of tax money. I gotcha. You it doesn't understand. seem like it's a lot of money. The state doesn't do this. For the consumer, the state does this for the retailer, you know, to 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 spur, you know, you know, some level of growth in the mm-hmm. economy. Sure. They're not doing it so you can save a few bucks. They're doing it so the guy who's got a store that's struggling, uh, you know, eleven months out of the year can en- can enjoy more people in his uh, in his place. Practically mm-hmm. speaking, that might be true, but they're selling it as a sales as a savings for the average consumer. Of course, how else would you get people in the door? Well, then you're the one who's ruining it for everybody. I'm not ruining anything for anybody. I'm just saying I don't think it's necessarily a bad idea if it gets people thinking about going out and pumping money into the economy. Yeah. I just don't know if I'm going to get anything I need just because I'm going to say, what is it anyway? What the hell is the sales tax in the state? 6.25. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mm -hmm. okay, that may not mean a lot to you if the items you're buying are under, you know, a thousand bucks. But for the retailer, mm-hmm. you know, they're seeing, you know, you know, inventory, uh, you walk out the door. Sure. I mean, they're they're looking at, at the benefits of this. And it's it's about them, not you. That's not you shouldn't be telling people that if they're trying to make us feel like we're getting savings. You Everybody are, now is going to say, Back said, this is for you, not me. You are saving mm-hmm. a little bit. Mm-hmm. But it's you know, it's it's not so substantial I mean, if the sales tax were 15%, which God forbid that ever happens, but let's just say, hypothetically, it's 15%, and you'd save 15% off a, of, of a moderately high-ticket item, well, then that might be worth it to you. Yeah, and, if and, I were buying a $2,500 item, if absolutely. You're not, if you're not buying that and 6.25 is is the best you can get, you know, that might be enough savings for you if you're buying a bunch of stuff mm-hmm. over the course of this weekend. But you know the retailer, they see this, they see something like this, they can't wait because right. it's like this is this is money in the bank for them. And I wonder what you could get for two thousand four hundred and ninety nine dollars because that would fall under the twenty five hundred dollar cap. Could you get a motorcycle for that amount? I don't know because I've never bought one. Probably John? not a not a no, not a, not a new one. All right, and uh, but you're and gonna get not a hell of a snowblower for yeah, that price. Sure, but I'm not gonna. That's what I'm saying. I'm not getting a twenty five or twenty four hundred ninety nine dollars snowblower. You do the whole driveway <laughs> in two swipes. That's exactly. that's crazy. As the COVID 
Delta variant and Lambda variant and Epsilon variants continue to proliferate. This is causing new mask mandates in Massachusetts. I know we talked about this yesterday, but here's an updated list on what's going on in, for instance, Nantucket. Masks required in retail stores, restaurants, and other businesses. Northampton, anyone with the exception of those five and under or those who have a medical condition required to wear a mask. Provincetown, masks required in indoor public spaces, restaurants, and other places. In Worcester, masks required in all municipal buildings as of tomorrow. (sighs) Holyoke Public Schools will be requiring masks indoors this upcoming school year. And, of course, I think we mentioned it yesterday, UMass Amherst will require masks this fall as well. Those are just some of the communities. I would imagine this is going to grow. i got to get myself some new masks. <laughs> my old my old ones have uh, are, are shot, filthy, or you know burned in the scrap heap. The whole pile of them right out here. Yeah, no, I don't know if they're big enough for my whole mouth. Um, I just <laughs> you know I, I don't understand people like uh, Ron DeSantis and uh, uh, other governors who are insisting that uh, schools, for instance, cannot overrule the state's law rule, not law, but if the state says you can't institute a mask wearing mandate there are school systems in florida that have gone ahead and ignored that and created their own mask mandates and the governor says well then the superintendent's not going to get paid this year um you know it's just there's a lot more kids getting covid this year than last so i i don't know why you would not have a a mask mandate of some kind not necessarily everybody indoors everywhere, but schools, yeah, I, I, I think that's a no-brainer. I think that's going to wind up happening, mm-hmm. without a doubt. Guys, there's a dangerous lizard on the loose in New York State, and I'm not talking about Andrew Cuomo. Police in upstate New York warning the public to be on the lookout for a four-and-a-half-foot-long Nile monitor lizard, the Attica Police Department said a resident's exotic pet escaped earlier this week and fled 100 feet up a nearby tree. It evaded traps when it descended the tree, later spotted in Tonawanda Creek and in an Attica resident's backyard. Police How say big is this thing? Uh, four and a half feet long. The police say the species is known to bite and secretes a venom that could lead to a bacterial infection but would not likely be fatal to humans. I believe one of these things was on display in that movie with Matthew Broderick and um, the the old uh, Mafia Don guy. Uh, who, who is in The Godfather? Uh, Don uh, Cor- oh, uh, oh, the the, the freshman. The freshman with uh, Marlon Brando. Exactly. I yes. think there was a monitor lizard in that movie. Yeah, I try to stay away from those things. Uh, how did they lose a four foot monitor lizard that they already knew was up a tree? Uh, uh, they had apparently set traps in that tree. And, oh, they set traps and, and left them unattended. And and the lizard evaded those uh, traps. Very smart. I thought maybe, you know, I, you'd think that if it was a, even a partially poisonous uh, thing, you would keep somebody there. I, I understand the idea of setting up traps, but you know it's in this tree. Mm-hmm. Here's an idea. Cut down the tree. Or have somebody professional climb it and pull this thing down. I don't want to cut a tree with a big four-foot lizard on there. God knows what he might do. Fall on you. Uh, uh, It's all over. I don't get how this thing got away. Are we ready for hard Mountain Dew? Well, ready or not, here it comes. The Boston Beer Company and PepsiCo teaming up to create alcoholic Mountain Dew. 
Hard Dew will be 5% alcohol by volume. Three flavors, original, black cherry, and watermelon will be on the shelves in early 2022. Still won't get me to drink Mountain Dew. Really? Well, yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Mountain Dew either, but you know, if you really want to get a real good buzz, add your own booze to yeah. Mountain Dew. That yeah. That's even easier. There's nothing that's going to get me to drink a Mountain Dew. I, I don't really drink soda anyway, and even for the purposes of having a mixed drink, you know, having soda in it, but Mountain Dew, I think I might have had one in my life. Isn't that the one where you like your teeth rot? Even as you're just swallowing the mouthful, I think well, any soda probably. Any, right? any any high sugared soda will do that to you. Mm-hmm. Meantime, we all know about Jaws, the famous movie. Well, a carpenter named Matt Pisiak caught a great white shark while fishing on Cape Cod's Nauset Beach. A woman named Maggie captured the video on her phone. It's posted on MassLive.com. You can check it out. What's the limit on one of those things? You know, you like, of- like one per uh, fisherman, or what is it? <laughs> I don't he wasn't know, able but to- it's not so unusual that. The guy should be in the news for this. I don't. Maybe it. Well, I think it is unusual well, that you would land it and be able to see it being caught, although it bit right through the line as it was surfacing uh-huh. and it, escaped. It, it's it's one thing to catch one. It's another thing for the thing to catch you. Yeah, yeah. That's what that what normally yeah. happens with those things. Wow, you caught a shark off Cape Cod, huh? What's next? <laughs> a monitor lizard uh-huh. in a tree. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, there's a hotel in the UK soon offering stays in its Willy Wonka-themed room with, wait for it, lickable wallpaper. Listen, uh-huh. unless they're changing the wallpaper after every stay, they I'm are. not licking anything <laughs> that somebody else has licked. It's a good question, Bax, and yes, they are changing the wallpaper between visits. Uh, even still, uh, do they need to be reminded that we're in a pandemic? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, do the raspberries taste like raspberries? Do the strawberries <laughs> taste like strawberries? Do the snozberries taste like snozberries? <laughs> do the dingleberries taste like dingleberries? Not in that room. Any floating fizzy drinks involved? The uh, chocolate box is the name of the establishment it's a chocolate themed hotel a little over 100 miles southwest of london the room keys look like golden tickets and the cost per night what do you think just stay at the willy wonka themed chocolate box uh probably too much 277 bucks a night that's 277 bucks too much <laughs> the chocolate baths by the way are extra yes they have Dude, tr- you, you can you can bathe in chocolate for an extra 208 you per. can augustus gloop yourself into being clean <laughs> you for an additional 208 dollars yes that's a bargain right for some people mm, no no, you can drink your own bath water for that. <laughs> this place will be out of business within six months. <laughs> the National Weather Service has issued a heat advisory for today. High temperatures for us in the low 90s. And then as the week rolls on into the mid to high 90s, there's also an air quality advisory in effect for today. I'm Dave Coombs filling in for Steve Nagel, and that's news to me with Hall of Famers, Bax and O'Brien on Rock 102. 2020 is so hope and joy that the millions of classic rock it's 656 on rock 102 by the way bacon and brews coming up very very soon sunday august 22nd it's practically around the corner uh you can buy your tickets at uh, rock 102.com it's all brought to you by the tommy car auto group dave minor exterior home improvements it'll be live music from the james paul band and a double dose of dave and of course uh the star of the show is the bacon and the beer that's why you got to be over 21 with a positive ID to enter because apparently in the state of Massachusetts, you can't eat bacon <laughs> under the age of 21. Or be in a room with beer, I guess. Exactly. Again, it's August 22nd at the Log Cabin in Holyoke. Uh, tickets are available at rock102.com, part of the Classic Rock Summer 
on Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. Hey, don't get me wrong. Anything that anything that bars people from under 21 from attending, I'm all for. I don't have a real problem with the people who are 21 and under. Yeah, I got a big problem with them, so I don't mind the barring of them. Yeah, but I, uh, you know, kids are allowed in restaurants. Yeah, I know. I don't. Kids are allowed. When I was a kid, we were allowed at the Elks Lodge. <laughs> Tales. And now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Grills, grills, grills. Weber, Big Green Egg, and Traeger Wood-Fired Grills. Hey, good morning, sports fans. How the heck are you? As many of you diehard Red Sox fans are fully aware, pitcher Chris Sale has been spending the last few weeks rehabbing in the minors after undergoing Tommy John surgery last March, uh, at actually March of last year. And because the recovery has gone so well, he's expected to be back with the club this weekend with the Sox face Baltimore, which is great news when you consider that the Sox are currently amid a Mama Cash style choke job, losing 12 out of their last 20 games. What's even more interesting about Chris Sale coming back to Boston was how well he embraced playing with the Sox minor league team in Worcester. First, you're in Worcester, the Dewey Pearl of Massachusetts. Secondly, the guy has a, was, uh, wasn't there acting like an overpaid prima donna. Instead, he was behaving like just another one of the guys. One of the guys who happens to be making $30 million a year. According to reports, Chris Sale insisted upon traveling with a team on their bus, including going to Scranton, Pennsylvania, which I should point out, uh, being excited about such a trip never happens because no one gets excited about going to Scranton on a bus. Not only that, but due to some scheduling issues with the team's travel schedule, Sale even offered to pay for an additional night stay at a hotel for the entire team at his expense. Not that I can relate to having access to $30 million a year, but if I were going to chip in for hotel accommodations for that many people in the middle of nowhere, it would have to be under certain conditions, such as no room service being charged to the room, no dirty pay-per-views, and absolutely no one would be allowed to get their greasy little mitts on anything from the honor bar. Thankfully, I don't typically travel in large groups like this. Nevertheless, my generosity comes with significant restrictions. Chris Sale, on the other hand, still has money left in the account, and if the man has enough arm strength to pull out his wallet and pay for an extra night at the Super 8 Motel after Tommy John surgery, then imagine how he'll feel throwing off the mound this weekend against Baltimore. But hey, in my Yappin' Sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. How many gallons of paint would it take to paint your house inside and out? That's a lot of gallons, but you can buy the paint this weekend at Rocky's and skip the sales tax. Paint, power tools, grills, everything. Sales tax gone all weekend at your neighborhood Rocky's Ace Hardware. I'm back. That's my view from the couch. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock at 714 and Boston on Rock 102. Heat advisory in effect for the rest of the week. Uh, it will slowly get warmer each day. Today up to 90, tomorrow 94, and Friday is going to be pretty damn hot as well. It's already a muggy 75 degrees in downtown Springfield. Steve Weissman from Scamicide.com will be joining us uh, next hour, and also we'll have tickets to the home show and tickets to the live music for Lorraine's. That's all coming up later on today. So despite the warning, despite the knowledge that uh, it's going to be hot, it is hot, and you should plan for hot. Um, we're going to see cases of pets left in cars. We'll possibly see a case of a child left in a car. Um, I saw this earlier this morning, and I was kind of a little confused by it. Confused, not, not really the right word. I, I'm kind of on the fence here. 
A grand jury has charged two high school coaches with murder and child cruelty in the death of a high school basketball player who suffered heat stroke after practicing outdoors in nearly 100-degree weather. Court records indicate the grand jury indicted the two coaches last month, a 16-year-old junior at at an academy that was on the team participating in required conditioning drills for the girls' basketball team. By the way, this was in August of 2019. She collapsed after running up the football stadium steps and died later that day from cardiac arrest and kidney failure. You know, there there is certain things that happen at this time of year that happen irrespective of the heat in some cases. I mean, you've got uh, the professional football players out there doing uh, practice. You've got uh, people standing out there doing construction. And I understand we're talking here about children, but... If you have a, uh, first of all, I don't know why they have to have basketball practice outdoors at all, whether it's 100 degrees or it's 75 degrees. They're probably not playing their games outdoors, so why are you practicing outdoors? Well, but, even, if um, even if they're practicing indoors, not every high school is air-conditioned. Yeah, yeah, but um, murder, I don't know about that. I mean, murder usually involves intent and... Child cruelty, that could be George's way of saying neglect or negligent behavior, which is understandable. But, you know, kids are going to be practicing. There's a lot of other circumstances you need to know about this story. It's like, was there a conditioning coach? Were they being deprived of the opportunity to sit and and, and catch their breath? Were mm-hmm. they being deprived water? Um, what was the name of the uh, the NFL player years ago? I think he played for the Vikings. Same thing kind of happened mm-hmm. to him. They, I mean, they were doing you know preseason drills. He wasn't hydrating uh, himself the way he should have been. He wound up having like a heart attack and uh, and died. And so some of the rules imposed on, on at least the professional level have changed to make sure that doesn't happen again. And I'm mm-hmm. kind of surprised that you know on the high school level. Uh, that coaches are not more mindful, that everyone's body reacts differently to the heat and to dehydration. And, you know, when you're talking about, you know, uh, like a week like this week where we're in the 90s close to 100. With the humidity in near 100. Absolutely, that you don't take regular intervals to rest your athletes, to make sure they're drinking, to make sure they're having, uh, you know, some sort of, uh, you know, electrolyte building, uh, you know, fluid in their bodies, whether it's you know Gatorade or uh, that delicious uh, you know electro brew from uh, Duncan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, so. all those things. Well, I'm I'm upset at golf courses sometimes. Even during the pandemic, John, you maybe experienced this as well with no water out on the course. Even during conditions like this, now many of them have now gone back to providing water out on the courses. But I thought for a while there it was very dangerous without the water. I the think courses. it's I think it's stupid to not have. The, the static cooler that sits at a tea box filled with water. Mm-hmm. But I understand during the pandemic, but they should have a cart out there selling water. Although, I mean, I'm, I'm so attuned to drinking water. Whenever I've golfed this year, I bring a quart of water yeah, with me. Yeah, I do too. But, yeah. um, but, I mean, you should have a cart out there selling water at the very least. You know, I mean, remember, I remember uh, Timothy Shepard. He was the uh, police academy uh, recruit 
many years ago here in Western Mass who died during the academy because they were outside running in this kind of weather. But that was a case where it was proven that they were being denied water. And, and and so, you know, it's not a surprise that somebody's organs might shut down right. because they're not hydrating in this kind of heat. I think when you're when you're talking about whether like you know, a murder charge should result on that. I mean, like you say, I mean there's no coach intends for a, an athlete to keel over and die in this kind of heat. I mean, it, manslaughter maybe, maybe there's some level of responsibility, mm-hmm. but as an adult, you should be thinking of the safety and 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 welfare of your of your athletes, and so you gotta sit them down, you gotta rest them, you gotta cool them off, you gotta keep them hydrated. Otherwise, you know the worst possible scenario could easily play out. Well, you know, and and I don't know how many players there are on a high school girls basketball team, but you know there are people who could say, well, look, there were twenty three girls out there, and only one of them died. Not. None of the others had to be treated at the hospital or treated by a doctor on the sidelines right, or, but, you know, be leaving practice. But that's why I said that everyone's body yeah. reacts differently to those kinds of conditions. Right. But that's what I'm saying is because one dies and there is no intent. Again, you, you need to know more facts here. If these coaches were over practicing, if there were rules in place that these coaches were working around and not following the way they should have, that's a different story. Well, you know, it's it's interesting because um, schools in general are uh, deathly afraid of uh, one giant thing, and that is a lawsuit. Mm. Last thing a school wants is a lawsuit. So, you know, many years ago when you heard stories about coaches, you know, denying their athletes, you know, a water break and saying, yeah, hey, well, you know, you know, water man for, up. Well, you know, sack up, fella. Yeah. It's it's time to run while you're dry. You know, those are the kinds of things. That kind of negligence insults. Uh, you know, incites a, uh, a, a, a you know litigation. So, I'm surprised when you hear stories like this uh, continuing. I mean, this is a 2019 case, but but nevertheless, schools were still uh, skittish about lawsuits back then too. I'm surprised when you hear these stories that that schools are not requiring their coaches and their staff to be more sensitive to the fact that, you know, heat and overheating of the of the human body is dangerous. Well, that's what I said. I, I they might have and the coaches may have ignored that, in which case I think they do have a greater level of responsibility. If there were policies that were put in place to protect these athletes during this kind of heat, because it is, after all, Georgia in in August, uh, and the coaches ignored it, that's a little bit different. Uh, to your points, and the fact that you brought up a few minutes ago, good memory, Bax, Corey Stringer that's was it. the Minnesota Vikings' 335-pound defensive lineman who died in 2002 of heat stroke. And with regard to the lawsuits, there were many of them that were filed by Stringer's family, most of them thrown out that were against the Vikings team for, you know, being somehow responsible for his death, although they were successful with other lawsuits against equipment manufacturers like Rydell that makes the helmet. Really? Yes. They were they were the lawsuits against the team management and coaches were dismissed. Correct. And the lawsuit against the helmet maker 
some of the um, well, uniform and helmet manufacturers did have to settle out of court with Stringer's family. The the issue wow. is that some of these helmets were not well ventilated, right? And, yeah. and you know, so much of the heat of your body, you know, is expressed from you know your head on, right. a, hot, on a hot day. Mm-hmm. That uh, and so now when you look at football helmets, they got the vents on the top yep. and on the side. Sure. So you know, there's a lot of airflow, right? But there. it's the coaches that are telling them to put on the helmets and go out there and practice, well, and how long it, they have to practice for. You assume a certain amount of risk, I think, when you sign on as a professional football player. One of them being that you have to work out during the summertime in order to make the roster uh, for the fall. Well, I think it was also that the <clears throat> teachers didn't have a lot of money, but mm-hmm. the make the equipment manufacturers had much deeper pockets. Sure. True, but yep. in, in, in the case of uh, the, the the Stringer case, mm-hmm. you know, can you prove that coaches denied this guy an opportunity to rest? Right, and can you can you prove that there was, you know, like a team policy? I mean, yes, I mean, it, you know, practicing with with the full pads and and, and helmets, you know, you're, you're you're weighting these guys down at the hottest time of the year, even in Minnesota. But uh, you know, you're putting your player at risk, and and right. and, and if if you can physically see that a guy is lagging behind and struggling to keep up because of of the heat to me that does suggest that there is some level of 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 responsibility of the coach and the staff to sit that that player down and yet there wasn't they threw those lawsuits out Uh, and yet 44 other guys were probably wearing the same helmet right the case against the team you guys are just talking about just now went to the minnesota supreme court back in 2005 and they ruled by a four to two margin i'm quoting here from the story that the uh, coaching staff acted within the permissible bounds of discretion well if i remember correctly at one time the chief justice of the minnesota supreme court was Alan Page. Former defensive lineman yeah. for the Vikings, yeah. that's yeah. right. So yeah. that might have a little bit of a something to do that. Something to do with that. It's 725 at Bax and O'Brien, Iraq 102. It's Nick Law Firm for details. It's 729 with Bax and O'Brien, Iraq 102. You know, if you ever missed the Bax and O'Brien show, check out the Bax and O'Brien daily podcast available on BaxandO'Brien.com, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. It's all brought to you by Gary Thomas and the Wealth Technology Group. And Baxi's musical podcast this week, my guest Jerry Harrison from the Talking Heads. Again, all of that available on BaxnoBrian.com. Well, here's a shocker. I don't know if you saw this on uh, the Drudge Report this morning. Robin, as in uh, Batman and... Yes. Bisexual. He's come out of the closet. He is bisexual. According to the writer of the comic, right? Yeah. Well, that's the guy who decides what they are. (laughs) The uh, DC character who fights crime is Robin in the sixth installment of the comic book that came out yesterday. Uh, Ended with with the author saying yes to going on a date. I'm sorry. Uh, No, Tim Drake is not the author. Tim Drake is the character who is Robin. I hate the Drake. And uh, Oh, yeah. Everybody (laughs) hates the Drake. And uh, Tim said yes to a date with a guy named Bernard Dowd. All right. You know what? Uh, listen. Robin uh, dated Bernard. The little yeah. sh- the little shorts aside, I'm not going to ha- <laughs> y- sit here and worry about the, you know, the, the, the sexual orientation of the boy wonder. I'm just not going to do it. The You're very not- fact you refer to him, and everyone did, as the boy wonder should make you question the sexual orientation. No, it, 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 uh, it's a nod to his youth. Uh, I don't know about that. Well, you wouldn't because the, you're 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 looking to, uh, you know, to to prove that he's got a certain uh, proclivity, and you can't call him boy 
wonder anymore uh, if he is indeed transgender, right? Well, uh, you, can, you can call him Oh, I didn't see anything about transgender. Oh, what, what was no, it? Just bisexual. Bisexual. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, maybe he doesn't want to identify as boy Well, all I wouldn't identify as boy because I'm pretty sure he's now 78 years old. <laughs> Fans have long buzzed about Robin, who previously dated women, being gay. See now, that's what I would have thought because I didn't know he dated women. See, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't judge. Yeah. I, I let live and let live. That's what I say. Boy, boy, what, what, what next? Catwoman's a lesbian. Uh, none, uh, not, none of that got up. She's not. Scooby Doo's <laughs> got rabies. Now that I would believe. <laughs> it's seven thirty-one. News is next. Seven thirty-six of Baxton O'Brien, Rock One Hundred Two. It's time for news, and it's brought to you by Yankee Home Improvement. All month long, receive forty percent off installation windows, doors, and Yankee Homes signature one-day bath system. Always use the keyword Rock One Hundred Two. Filling in for Steve Nagel this week is Dave Coombs from Laser Ninety Nine Three. Guys, when it comes to bad landlords, Worcester's Felicio Lana, the president of North. Eastern properties may take the cake, specifically for their building at 87 Pleasant Street. Bedbugs, roaches, mice, and even mushrooms sprouting from the walls. I will not put up with infestation. Some of the tenants have uh, have produced photographs and videos of this stuff. Psychedelic mushrooms? It doesn't say. I don't know if anyone would try that or not. Because that might be why people are seeing bedbugs and cockroaches, Mm. because they're eating psychedelic mushrooms. Or... It just could be run with pests. Yeah, it could be. But uh, nevertheless, I, I depending on what I'm paying rent, uh, if you're including psychedelic mushrooms, uh, I, I'm not complaining. <laughs> well, who's going to taste test them to see, by the way? Well, somebody will. There's always someone who's willing to try that. But if you're, uh, say, your uh, bed sheets are covered with cockroaches. And mouse droppings. Uh, I, don't, I don't care yeah. what kind of uh, you know drug there may be involved. <laughs> Uh, I don't want to be on that bed. I don't want to be in that apartment. Yeah. I don't like the cockroaches. I had a uh, I had a a renter in my place uh, down in Florida who came in exactly the week after I had been there, and then claimed that there were bed bugs, um, to the point of costing me several hundred dollars in uh, fumigation and refunds, um, even though I knew. Because I had only been there the week before, that if there were bed bugs, you brought them. Mm-hmm. Because uh, also because she was a flight attendant, so you know f- clearly being all over the place, yep. all over the world, with the same bag probably that she had sitting in the room, mm-hmm. uh, I was pretty sure she's the one who brought the bed bugs. You don't uh, you don't have any lice problems in your house now. No. No, I haven't had any problems at all like that since. Any uh, any like crabs or nope. any uh, you know, mites? No. Nah. Well, we've got crab legs, but uh, no, I'm not, ta- not I'm anything like I'm that. Talking about the bugs that like, no. crawl over your nope. body. No, nope. I've had the house uh, and the yard uh, regularly uh, treated. Aside from the building at eighty-seven, not so pleasant street. Mr. Lana, the president of Northeast Properties, also owns over a thousand other properties across Central Mass, Worcester, Uxbridge, Lemonster, Gardner, and other places. He also owns the downtown Midtown Mall in Worcester as well. God, you imagine owning a thousand properties? Yeah, this right. guy must be worth serious cash. But he, he's the president of yes. the company that owns. Correct. Them. Yeah. So. Still, I mean, it's, it's, that's a lot of cash. 
Yeah, but I mean, he could be fired for all this problem. He could be fired tomorrow, and and the company will continue to own those properties. This guy is, you know, just probably some kind of scumbag who doesn't care about changes or improvements. Well, alleged scumbag. Here's an idea of what you can do. Spend some money this weekend during the two-day holiday sale with no sales tax in Massachusetts. How about a pair of tickets to go see Lindsey Buckingham play Northampton's Academy of Music on September the 9th? The singer-songwriter producer formerly of Fleetwood Mac, he penned such hits as Go Your Own Way, uh, also releasing several albums as a solo artist again that date September 9th. But we talked about this earlier this morning, mm-hmm. so... You can get concert tickets and not pay taxes over the weekend? Uh, my question is still out there for that, John. Yeah. I do not know the answer to that. Maybe somebody does who's listening. I tell you what, it'd be interesting to see how much money the state loses over this weekend on cannabis sales because they won't be getting taxed. Hmm. You think about the hmm. size of the taxes that they put on cannabis? I wonder so is that going to is that going to cancel out all the local taxes? Well, it, is it an additional tax on top of the sales tax? Yeah. So they won't yeah. charge you the sales tax, but the additional taxes they probably, are probably will. still there, and the local taxes are probably still there. I'll tell you what: if you're because uh, the uh, the top ticket price for the uh, Lindsey Buckingham show is two hundred and twenty nine dollars wow. fifty cents, but uh, you know six point two five percent off of that mm-hmm. is. Uh, at least a few bucks. Yeah, well, if you're paying two hundred and twenty dollars for a Lindsey Buckingham ticket, you got a whole lot of other problems. Going well, on. The, the cheap <laughs> seats are forty nine fifty. That's yeah, not you, bad. You, you don't need to get that close to them. And if you can't get tax free marijuana this weekend, we know a place where you can get some free mushrooms. I guess right. Yeah, right. Get an apartment in Worcester. Yeah, in Holyoke, an exhibit of fancy wedding gowns going on so something to do this weekend these gowns from the victorian age to the modern era will be on display at the former skinner mansion in holyoke visitors can pre-register at designated times through august 25th on the wisteria hearst museum website a donation is suggested so i suppose you could get in free if you didn't want to make a donation to see these fancy wedding gowns i just <laughs> Might be the way to curry and, and, favor with your with your lady friend John or somebody I, I else. Do, I don't see I don't see a lot of walk-ins, <laughs> let alone pre-registration. Oh, you got you. Well, you got to control the crowd. Uh, yes, so we, yeah. you know, getting around the entire block. Uh-huh. It's going to look like any one of the bars on race day. <laughs> Six foot eleven inch basketball center Kyle Filipowski from Wilbraham Munson has committed to play at Duke. He wow. got he got offers from Syracuse, Indiana, Kentucky, UCLA, and more. But he said the Blue Devils was a no brainer. Six eleven. Yeah. So he'll be playing for <laughs> Coach K in what will be Coach K's final year, right? Uh, yeah. I think he's coaching he's this yeah. coming season, and that's it. Yeah, I knew some. Uh, I used to hang out with a couple of the basketball players when I was in college, and mm-hmm. yeah, there was a there was at least one guy who was over seven feet. And uh, you you just have no appreciation for a seven foot guy until you're standing right next to him, and you realize how is this even possible that a human being could be seven feet tall? And there are people who are taller than that, which is I, I, unbelievable. I'll tell you, as a six four individual, I can definitely uh, what was the word you just used? Was uh, uh, it vast? Uh, no. Uh, uh, is it no, enigmatic? No. no. Uh, to to be able to 
empathize with the guy. I have enough problems with ducking or or having to worry about being in the right sized room to be another five or six inches. Oh God, that would be awful. And to hear all those jokes about the weather up there, I mean, you got to get uh, sick and tired of that. I would imagine. As right? as a guy who is uh, average height, uh, I don't have much sympathy for you. Every time I got to pull up a chair to reach something on the top shelf or you yeah. know, have to you know grab a ladder to change a light bulb. I don't feel sorry for you average, at all. Average height shouldn't be a problem. Um, if you're particularly diminutive and have to do those things, then I understand. But then you can just hop up on a counter. Uh, when I was on the air years ago in Boston at WBOS, we used to go to Celtics practice once in a while because Bill Walton was our weekly guest during basketball season. <laughs> so I stood next to Walton, McHale, and Parrish one How'd time. You, that was unbelievable. How the hell did you get Walton to shut up right? long enough to go through a radio show? <laughs> he didn't smoke as much marijuana back then, Jeez, I don't think. We've had that yeah. guy on a couple of times, yeah. and he will not stop talking. Uh, well, anyway... Good luck to Kyle Filipowski, the six foot eleven inch basketball center from Wilberhampton, Munson, going to Duke. Now that's awesome. He perhaps should go to Kyle, Texas, a little south of Austin. They're trying to break a Guinness record for most people with the same first name in one spot. So everyone named Kyle who shows up later this month will get free entry to a mm-hmm. hot air balloon festival and a free T-shirt. They're trying to break the record, by the way. The existing record in Bosnia-Herzegovina, they had a similar stunt four years ago. 2,300 Ivans showed up to that event. I'm going to guess you're going to get more people at the wedding dress uh, display <laughs> in Holyoke than you will Kyle's heading down to Texas. I don't know. And they just they just did this a few months ago. I forget where it was. Another town where I, I don't think the name of the town was necessarily a proper first name, and then they were trying to get it was just uh, some place that they picked and some name that they had that they were trying to do this. It's uh, it's it's silly. Every time that uh, we have been involved in an event in which the purpose was to break a world record, right? It has been an unqualified disaster. You've tried every time. a few times. Yeah. Every single time we've tried to do it, it's like well, yeah, we at this point we actually. <laughs> Say no. We say no thank you. Well, it's a nice idea, but it's never going to happen. It's another one of those things where you say, thank God for the pandemic. <laughs> thank God for social distancing. <laughs> yeah, and yeah. we don't have to try to grab uh, you know, 10,000 people to break a record. At Patriots preseason camp, everyone is glowing about Cam Newton and how he's been mentoring the young quarterback, Mac Jones. Everybody except one, former Jets linebacker. Bart Scott appeared on the ESPN morning radio show yesterday and said that Cam Newton's nickname for Mac Jones is inappropriate. Apparently, Newton's been calling Mac Jones Mac and Cheese. And according to Bart Scott, he says it's one of the most, and I quote, disrespectful nicknames I've heard of in a long time. It's pretty much body shaming, end quote, from Bart Scott. Mac and Cheese? I mean, if Bart Scott is okay with it, then I don't see the problem with it. He's I mean, not. Okay. He's not okay with. It. He's the one complaining. I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry. Uh, Mac Jones. Yeah, Mac Jones. Right. Right. If Mac Jones is okay with it, then you know who's maybe, who's who a third party. Maybe to worry nobody's about. asked him. John. Well, who, doesn't, who doesn't love Mac and cheese? Right. I don't see anything yeah. wrong with that's it. Not, this, it's not offending anybody. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's a, it's a nickname, and we you you've come up with nicknames yeah. for people that are far worse <laughs> that last for years. Yes. Um. Did you see the story about the uh, the the Rockies game the other night? Yes, where the fan a fan was believed to be overheard yelling a racial epithet 
during the batting of an African-American or a minority uh, player. Subject of a view from the couch from Vax. Yeah, yeah. and they, uh, they, they said, the, the Rockies then said, we're going to find out who this person was. Yep. You know, this was long after the game was over and the fans had all left, and they said, yeah, we, we're pretty sure we're going to be able to find out. And then they did. When I heard the story that the Rockies uh, mascot is actually named – I thought when I heard it first, because I have a an app that reads me the news, uh, so I didn't actually see the spelling, I thought the mascot's name was Digger. And then I was like, okay, well, then obviously this was a mistake. No. It's Dinger, Dinger, but it was still a mistake. It turns out the fan was trying to get the mascot's attention and not yelling at the batter. For for many people, because basically the, the, the player – didn't hear it when he was on the field. He only heard it after the like the uh, like the post game review of of, uh, of game footage. Mm-hmm. He was hearing the uh, the ethnic slur, the n word. Most people were hearing the name of the mascot. Right. So it's a, you know it's it's mm-hmm. a matter of what you hear. Plus, and- they also determined that the mascot was in the vicinity of the fan at that moment, and that the fan was in fact trying to get his attention. So that makes sense too. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, you know, to me, it's like uh, if you if you have a mascot that is basically a polka dotted purple dinosaur, you're asking for trouble right from the beginning. Well, or or give him uh, give him a different name. Give him a different name yeah. that couldn't possibly be misconstrued with anything yeah, like a Dinger, jo- is, like a George yes. or Fred. You know that those those names. You know, no one misconstrues those names. Dinger, the term for home run. Maybe you go with Homer. No, that would no, turn into no, something yeah, bad too. Exactly. How, about, how about just calling him Rocky, since yeah. after all, he is the mascot of the Rockies. There you go. Oh, that's so simple. I know it's simple, but it also saves a lot of headaches. We call him Guardian after a uh, cement piece of concrete on a bridge. The National Weather Service has issued a heat advisory for today. It's going to be hot today in the low 90s. It's going to be hot tomorrow in the mid 90s, maybe even the high 90s by Friday. Also an air quality advisory in effect for today. I'm Dave Coombs filling in for Steve Nagel and that's news to me with Hall of Famers Bax and O'Brien on Rock 102. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 756 and Warren Zevon on Rock 102. Oh, I love that song. Love that song. Do you really? No, I can't stand it. Uh, it's going to be hot today. It's going to be hot for the rest of the week, in fact. My, maybe even uh, record high temperatures in the mid to upper 90s. It's uh, already 75 degrees in downtown Springfield. Great event coming up on August 28th at the Knights of Columbus on Granby Road in Chicopee. Live music for Lorraine's to help uh, Lorraine's Soup Kitchen and Pantry. Uh, Trailer Trash is doing a rare public appearance, and uh, they'll be there along with Completely Unchained, which is a Van Halen tribute, and then Bad Magic, a Godsmack cover band. It's a it's a great night, and we happen to have a four pack of tickets to that show uh, to the tenth caller at two nine three one zero two one. By the way, if you want to buy tickets, you can go to eventbrite dot com and uh, and buy them that way. But good luck to you. So a story this morning, uh, a Chicago road rage story where uh, the, these two drivers are are uh, like getting at it, you know, while they're still in their cars, and one of them shows the other one his badge. He's an off duty Chicago cop, and yet. They still get into the side of the road, get into an argument, and then it becomes a physical thing. The cop had a passenger with him, a male, who also tried to get in the middle of the fight, and the and the guy from the other car 
completely bit off the nipple of the guy with the cop. Bit off his nipple? Bit off his nipple. Bit it right, he said it completely off. Well, there really is nothing more than a, uh, you know. Small a, brown a, protuberance. Bro, yeah. Small brown uh, protuberance. I'm we all have them. It's like a psychedelic yeah. mushroom grown out of a wall. <laughs> they didn't say whether or not the guy was shirtless, but yeah, yeah, bit off his nipple. Yeah, I don't know if I want to chew through a man's shirt just to prove a point. Uh, that's got to sting. It's 758 with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 813, and the Eagles on Rock 102. It's going to be hot. Hot today, hot tomorrow, hot on Friday, maybe even record high temperatures uh, in the mid to upper 90s, possibly. And uh, 76 right now in downtown Springfield. That uh, final rush for summertime scams is all ready and set to go. And to talk about how you can scam uh, the best of them is uh, Steve Weissman from Scamicide.com. Good morning, Steve. How are you? Terrific. You guys? Uh, you know, trying to stay cool, man. Trying to stay cool. <laughs> gotta, uh, you got your work cut out cool. for you on that one. <laughs> I, uh, I saw a headline this morning on uh, CNBC that I thought was kind of interesting. Tech-savvy teens are falling prey to online scams faster than their grandparents. For, yep. uh, for the under-21 crowd, it's been a surge of 156% over the last three years and only 112% for people 60 and older. Yeah, and it's kind of interesting, John, because, you know, obviously this isn't what we would generally expect, particularly uh, with uh, a lot of these uh, scams being, you know, technology-related uh, and that the kids are going to be more sophisticated. Um, quite frankly, yeah, the seniors uh, do get victimized more often on the phone than anything else, but it's the kids that are just too trusting and too believing in their own immortality and their own knowledge. And so they will click on links. They will share uh, excessive information uh, online, in social media, uh, and then they'll get a spear phishing email that seems to relate to what uh, they're interested in. In and they click on the links. So, yeah, the kids aren't quite as bulletproof as they think they are. But are, but are there more scams, or is it just a matter of numbers? There's more kids under 20 on the Internet than there are people over 60. That's true, too. But, it, you know, it, it goes beyond just the, uh, the cyber scams. Um, we're generally finding that uh, the uh, millennials, who we thought would be more sophisticated technologically, aren't. And uh, a lot of the seniors aren't quite as bad. The, the seniors are certainly hit by uh, a lot of scams. And, you know, frankly, there is actually a physiological basis for it. There's a part of our brain that deals with skepticism that becomes less viable as we age. So the seniors are more trusting in other people. I think the, uh, the millennials are more trusting in themselves, and uh, that trust isn't necessarily warranted. I, I don't believe a word of that. Yeah, yeah listen to who you're talking but you know you you, you bring up uh, you know an interesting uh, you you point here i know one thing that uh, that is happening a lot of kids are learning about what their financial aid packages are all about and there's a lot of student loan scams out there that people should be aware of too 
Yeah, and that is huge, and it is only going to get worse because we've we've had this moratorium on uh, the uh, student loans put in during the pandemic, but it's going to be uh, expiring unless there is uh, further legislation or regulation on October 1st. Uh, interestingly enough, and you guys will uh, appreciate this, about three years ago, uh, the Justice Department put together a task force to deal with uh, student loan problems, and they called it Operation Game of Loans. The biggest thing is that the the kids will be contacted, their parents will be contacted. It'll appear that it's coming from uh, the Department of Education, coming from a school, or coming from some organization that may be related to the government that can offer all kinds of help in debt uh, relief and assistance. But here's the kicker. What these scammers always do is they want an upfront payment, and that is the key thing that you know it's a scam, because there are regulations, there are laws that say when it comes to uh, negotiating student loans, dealing with student loans, and someone wanting to help you out with that, uh, they cannot get a fee prior to uh, really finishing their services. Hmm. So the Department of Education uh, Student Aid uh, studentaid.ed.gov has uh, some good information there. Uh, you, the FTC's got some good information there. Scamicide.com's got some good information. But you have to really, really be wary. And the big thing to look for is anyone who's looking for a fee before they provide the service. That's weird because despite your prediction, I didn't find that interesting at all. Will you stop it? <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? Wow. Jeez. Wow. Hey, they, uh, they, they did a story earlier this morning on, uh, on the Today Show, and I was hoping you were going to keep going on because I knew that line was going to sting a lot worse the longer, the longer yeah, you kept talking. Yeah. Um, let, let me be the voice of reasonable uh, uh, behavior here for a moment. Uh, uh, Steve, there's a headline right now I'm reading in MassLive.com came out 48 minutes ago vax millions giveaway warns of fraud keep your information safe and avoid phishing scams according to the government statement on that yeah, you know, we've got these the lotteries uh, in a number of uh, of states right now uh, to try and uh, induce people uh, into getting the uh, the vaccine. John, you're going to find this really, really interesting. <laughs> um, and the thing is, a number of the states like Massachusetts do have this, but you have to enroll in this. Now, what's even become a bigger thing is uh, the, the World Health Organization, the WHO. Apparently, people are getting uh, emails and text messages and there are websites uh, indicating that they are giving away a million dollars as a prize. They're calling it the COVID-19 Lottery Compensation Prize. And it's the WHO with the IMF. And then I also notice they have the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. I guess they haven't changed the name on that yet, are also involved. None of those uh, organizations are giving away uh, money. Uh, you know, when it comes to the, uh, the state lotteries, it is interesting. You will have to uh, provide your, your Social Security number, but not until after you've won. So you go to the, uh, you go to the correct website if you want to uh, get into one of those uh, legitimate lotteries, but you don't need to give any kind of information until you've actually won it. They're also uh, talking about a large proliferation now of fake vaccine cards. 
Yeah, you know, this is something, uh, you know, my wife was predicting this as soon as the, the issue of vaccines and people wanting the cards coming out. You know, this is the kind of thing uh, that I'm not sure if how big a problem this is going to be. Uh, certainly it's not being, uh, not being scammed, but there will be people who don't want to get the vaccine, do want to enter places where you're required to. Um, it will be a, and is a criminal violation. It's not a specific criminal violation for a vaccine card, but it is uh, fraud and mm-hmm. counterfeit. And, uh, you know, these cards aren't terribly sophisticated appearing. So, you know, they don't have the, the same kind of holograms and things you see on your, on your driver's license. So, yeah, I think, this, I think it will be a problem, hopefully not too big. This is uh, Steve Weissman from Scamicide.com. Yeah, we've talked about, you know, internationally based robocalls for years. A couple days ago, you posted on the, uh, the website, uh, last December, there were about 50 people arrested in uh, India who were uh, you know, posing as government officials, like 4,500 Americans were uh, victimized, $40 million uh, lost as a result of this. They've now just arrested uh, 65 more people in, uh, in India posing as government officials. Uh, is this like, a, like an organized uh, collaborative between Indian officials and the U.S., or is, is the, the government of India starting to take this seriously? Uh, both facts, because this is in, in the good news, bad news. And of course, when you when you talk about India, India is a uh, a hub for both legal and illegal um, robocalls and uh, customer assistance by by telephone. They just do it really well there. Um, but it has been a real hub uh, for these uh, these phony bogus uh, robocalls posing as uh, the IRS and uh, other legitimate organizations. So uh, what has happened is India is taking it more seriously, but they truly are cooperating. You know, we, we always hear about uh, Russia, where a lot of these uh, come from, and, uh, and China, uh, and uh, other countries where they're not cooperating. But India truly is. But they, hmm. it's such a huge problem it's like playing whack-a-mole as soon as you knock out one of these call centers they they set up another one somewhere else but the the positive element is at least the indian government is working with the american government to try and reduce these and yet i've never heard a customer service representative with an indian accent Ah. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> but you know, I find that very interesting. Yeah, yeah it yeah, is. Yeah. But, but <laughs> what is interesting, though, is okay. So you arrest fifty people in December, another sixty-five people, uh, you know, recently, and then you're talking about the kinds of numbers of people that have fallen for these scams. You know, I, you know, I get a, a robocall, I immediately hang up or simply don't answer. There's forty-five hundred Americans in December that fell for these scams over a two-year period of time. It doesn't take a lot of people to to fall prey to losing 14 million dollars as a result of you know, a, a lack of cynicism maybe it's like you know what you're talking about that the elderly don't necessarily have the same kind of cynicism that someone younger would have but it uh, to me the, the the numbers are kind of staggering a little bit 
You know, Bax, I totally agree with you. And one of the things that, that gets me is, you know, the uh, they have developed technology. They call it, and it sounds like an old James Bond movie, shaken slash stir. And it is a way that in the past your caller ID could get uh, fooled. So the call that would come from India will say it's coming from the IRS. Uh, it's called spoofing, and it's very, very easy to do. So all of the phone companies uh, were required about a month ago to put it into effect uh, to put in this new technology so when the call came up, you would know it's not from the IRS. It will say it is a, uh, a scam on there. But a couple of problems. One is uh, the technology is not 100% effective, and two, it didn't apply to calls coming from outside the country. But with all of the technology, and, and I use some too, I do what you do, which is if I don't recognize the number, I don't pick it up. And uh, if it's, I figure if it's going to be legitimate, um, they'll leave a, a voicemail. So it seems like this is something easy to avoid. But I, I'm, I'm baffled, I think, as you are, that so many people will answer these and then fall for them. I don't answer half the calls from people I know. I'm That's surprised. Really interesting. <laughs> yes, it is. Hey, don't you teach a college class somewhere? All right. No. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, we're all out of time. You can check out uh, Steve's website, scamaside.com. It will scare the living bejesus out of you. Steve, it's always good to talk to you. Great to talk to you guys. <laughs> it's 825 at Rock 102. It's 828 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. By the way, the uh, Western Mass Home and Garden Show is coming back to uh, the Big E. August 20th through the 22nd uh, for special discount uh, coupon offers. Go to westernmasshomeshow.com. We also have a four-pack of tickets to give away. The 10th caller right now at 293-1021. The Home Show is back. They were uh, showing these fires in Greece on the Today Show earlier this morning. Grease fires? Uh, yeah, grease fires. And uh, they said they're getting aid now from 20 countries, including the U.S., Imagine sending over fire trucks and hoses and firefighters from our country what's all our, the way out there. What's the U.S. response time for a Grecian fire? Uh, I believe it is 17 days. That's kind of sad. Yeah. <laughs> Must be hard to drive those things over the water. I mean, you know, those things have like uh, five miles on them after uh, after six months. The the fire trucks they you know they they're only going within the neighborhood they're in. Well, I mean, you know, Greece is a relatively small country, and there's all kinds of other small countries around them. I don't know why. I mean, not that the U.S. shouldn't be involved somehow, but it just seems uh, weird that yeah. we would be going over there since we are so far away. Yeah, sending fire trucks and hoses—that's bizarre. I think we have some other of our own fires to deal with too. We do out west. We have news coming up next to Rock 102. 2020 is so. 8.33 with Bax and O'Brien to Rock 102. It's time for news. Filling in for Steve Nagel this week is Dave Coombs from Laser 99.3. Guys, it was only a couple of weeks ago that uh, Governor Charlie Baker said that Andrew Cuomo would have a tough road forward continuing as governor of neighboring New York State. And yesterday, the New York governor resigned amid allegations that he harassed 11 different women. He'll be replaced by Lieutenant Governor Kathy Hochul, who becomes New York's first female governor. Uh, the uh, headline on the New York Post this morning, uh, Cuomo at the end of his grope. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I see what they did yeah, there. Yeah. That's like a play yeah, on of, words and instead stuff. Instead of rope, it's, uh, they put rope. a G in there. I mean, a rope. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd love to be a writer for the New York Post headlines. Oh, yeah. What do you think that guy makes or yeah. girl? Yeah. Well, there's probably a room full of them. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, sometimes they do have some pretty good ones. What was the uh, what was the best one ever? Uh, headless man found in topless bar. Yeah, that's a, that's a classic. <laughs> <laughs> Our Governor Baker had a plan for a two-month sales tax holiday in Massachusetts. That's not happening. But the traditional two-day holiday will take place this weekend, August 14th and 15th. Items you buy this weekend will not be charged with the 6.25% Massachusetts sales tax and the exemption allowed to be applied to purchase of retail items under $2,500. Again, you know, it all depends on how you want to look at it. You know, this is a, this is about, uh, you know, sparking the economy. It's not so much about saving you a few bucks. But, you know, somebody brought up a point. You know, there are some stores where you go in, you get your item uh, with the, uh, the sales tax, <laughs> but then maybe if you sign up for their courtesy card, you get an extra 10% off of that. Mm-hmm. Look at that. So, you then, know, you're, this- then you're... Being a sucker. No, you're not being a sucker. You're 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 stacking up the discounts. Well, not courtesy card, charge card, and everything I've heard was don't do that. Don't go signing up for a charge card at a store to save fifteen percent. Well, it, it, it doesn't really help your credit rating. No, but if if you're gonna use, I mean, it doesn't mean you have to use it. No, not even have it. From what I from what I read, I thought it said don't even have it because the more you have the more it can affect your credit rating, even if you're not using it. Well, like, for example, uh, I once saved a bundle at Macy's by getting a Macy's credit card. Now, I never, ever use the Macy's credit card for anything. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, I saved the bundle on a pair of pants. No, those pants didn't come cheap. Did the same thing with a uh, nice piece of jewelry for one of my exes. <laughs> so that work out? It didn't work out great in one regard, but I did get a great deal on something. And well, so there you go. Can't complain too much. Single and, biggest waste of money known to man. <laughs> if you are out and about shopping this weekend, you need to know the latest on mask mandates in various communities because of the rise of the Delta variant and the Epsilon variant and the Lambda variant of COVID-19. More and more communities are returning to mask mandates. The latest, including vacation spots like Nantucket and Provincetown. Also, Northampton, their mandate goes into effect today with the exception of those under five years old. So don't don't go vacationing in Northampton. Right. Or those who have a medical condition. As for Worcester, masks will be required in all municipal buildings starting tomorrow. I was actually... uh looking for a new new pair a bunch of masks cuz i'm you know, minor old you know ratty and yeah. nasty and you know stained yeah i mean yeah you, the old ma- masks only have a certain shelf life you, you kind of have to keep you know getting new ones or you know, you know buying another box of them it's funny cuz i i sent my by mistake i sent one of my uh cloth fabric actually i think it's more like a weave between paper and cloth right. sent it through the wash it came out fine those so, are uh, those are from what I've read the least effective ones. Yes, right. Um, you yeah, know, I, I just use those procedure ones. I've got a whole stack of them at home, and y- you start. They're like uh, what are they like? Um, things that they're, they're you, you just start leaving them around. You know, there's like I I want, put on a jacket the other day. There's one in the pocket. Put on a pair of pants I haven't worn in probably a couple of weeks. There's one in the pocket. Mm-hmm. They're like four in the car, three in the in in a different part of the house. And I'm not really wearing them in the house, but at least you don't have to go far to find one. 
Uh, I'll no. just don't just just don't share. That's I, all. I, I'm at, but I'm at the point now where my we're starting to get a little uh, gross. Mm. Even even after a few washes, you know these things are not all that well made. And what do you, and can you can you wash one of the uh, N95 ones? I mean those are uh, those washable the plastic with shields. Uh, well, I mean you can change the filter, but oh. the actual mask itself gets a little mm. you know greasy and nasty when you're sweating on a hot summer day. Put Windex. Put Windex. Now that fixes everything. Yeah. Uh, alcoholic. You might as well, just put uh, ble- inject yourself with bleach. <laughs> I've done that. Alcoholic Mountain Dew's coming. Boston Beer Company teaming up with PepsiCo, creating Hard Mountain Dew. All right, but it's only five percent alcohol. Yes, and any good alcoholic worth his weight in salt <laughs> knows that you got a better deal if you buy your own alcohol and mix it with the Mountain Dew. Fifty fifty would be a We're- good uh, a good uh, you know. Formula for me. Worth his weight in sugar, you mean? Whatever. I mean, you could put like salt around his mouth or something. Yeah, but I mean, there's sugar in Mountain Dew. I can't stand Mountain Dew. Oh, I love it. Way too much sugar. We get the sugar free. Uh, That's one extreme to another. (laughs) Find find a middle area somewhere. Well, the alcoholic Mountain Dew, hard Mountain Dew, will come in three flavors. Original, which is the green stuff, black cherry, and watermelon. Nothing about any code red. How Did many, you order uh, the code red? Darn many, right, I ordered the code red. How many anti-vaxxers do you think I got really excited about that news? Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to put that poisonous <laughs> vaccine in my system, but that alcoholic Mountain Dew sure sounds good. Give me that. <laughs> Hard Mountain Dew will be on the shelves in early 2022. A 27-year-old factory worker hospitalized in Italy after accidentally shooting himself in the scrotum. <laughs> With a nail gun. Ooh, boy. During the initial exam, doctors didn't see any sign of the nail. Did we talk it... about this the other day? Oh, did you do this the other no, day? No, no, no. no we were talking, all of us. We were oh. talking about jackass. Oh, about, uh, oh right. That's right. right. That's yeah. right. And in uh, Steve-O stapling his, uh, yeah. his uh, or maybe been in Johnny Knoxville stapling his, uh, his, his boys to the floorboards. I don't think any of the guys from jackass were in Italy, so this is just... Some other poor resident there. I gotta tell you though, uh, if you if you just if you just get the scrotum and you don't get the contents, I don't know how painful that is. You didn't let me get to the rest of the story, oh, yet, John. <laughs> it wasn't until medics performed an ultrasound that they were able to find the nail in the unidentified man's right testicle. Yeah. Was he unconscious? No. <laughs> How do you not know when you got nailed in the testicle? It's a good I would question. Think, I would think that you'd feel. That yeah, you'd, that you'd. that's what I mean. It, unless he was unconscious. Uh, but if it's just in the scrotum, that's a that's a pretty durable uh, I, I would, section of skin. There. I would think it would have an exit wound. <laughs> uh, not if it didn't come out. Right. Yeah, I know. But, but tip, that's what I would think. Yeah, because uh, I don't know if you guys ever played with a nail gun. It's great fun. What are you having a nail gun anywhere near that expensive junk anyway. Well, that's, that's my question. That's the thing. They're great fun up until you shoot yourself in the nuts. I mean, that's <laughs> that's when okay, fun is fun. We've just now exhausted all the enjoyment out of a nail gun, and it's just the right testicle. Is that the one uh, famously called Doctor Kenneth Noisewater in Anchorman, or is that the other one? I forget. I don't remember. <laughs> the nail, by the way, three quarters of an inch long. Was safely removed. The man suffered no lasting damage. Yeah, and was, I mean. He was yeah. discharged from the hospital the next day. Now, did he do like, uh, like, <laughs> did he pry it out of there with a hammer, or what did he do? That's a good question. Don't look now, guys, but Yairo Munoz has a 31-game hitting streak for the Worcester Red Sox. 
And he has a chance to extend it to 32 today against the Syracuse Mets. They're playing at Polar Park at 12-15 today, a 31-game hitting streak. That's, now, uh, that's not easy to do. No. It, it pales by comparison to Joe DiMaggio's great major league hitting streak of 56 games. And you might be wondering what the all-time minor league hitting streak is. Hmm. Joe Wilhoit, 69 straight games for the Wichita Jobbers of the Western League back in 1919. Wow. Yeah, that in one season or over yeah. the course of two? One year. Yeah. Wow. I remember you know, years ago, this goes back to, Jesus, 1980s, uh, Paul Molitor used to play with the uh, Milwaukee sure. Brewers, had like a 39-game hitting streak. Right. Now, granted, it's nowhere near DiMaggio's at 56, but at even at 39, it gets harder and harder and harder sure. once you get to that point where you're within the top 10 uh, hitting streaks of all time, which Molitor's was. Yeah. And it was like... You know, we got a chance to know him a little bit, and and he talked about the kind of pressure mm -hmm. he was under, sure. not only to to keep the hitting streak alive, but everybody on his team was counting on him to keep hitting. Yeah, and eventually they all come to an end. But it's like it's an extraordinary amount of pressure for any ball player to be hitting, you know, at least once every single game. Well, plus the opposing pitchers are bearing down every game. Like I'm not going to be the one to let this yeah, thing absolutely. continue. Absolutely. See, I wouldn't think so. I, I would think uh, they're working out deals with the pitchers. No, actually, yeah. uh, I'm what, thinking that's what's going pitchers on. Pitchers will do whatever yeah. they. Pitchers will do yeah. whatever they can not to cut a deal yeah. with an opposing player. They're minor leaguers. These guys are minor leaguers. I give you five bu five hundred bucks. You let me have a hit. Where's a minor leaguer going to come up with five hundred bucks from his parents? <laughs> yeah, right. Now, these minor that leaguers he's make, living with they make to... they make a lot of money these days too. Some of them, yeah. some of them, not all of them. Uh, we mentioned Joe DiMaggio with his fifty-six game major league hitting streak. He also has the second longest minor league hitting streak. I didn't know this till I just read this. Yeah, he's just a show off. Sixty-one games. Yeah, but in the Pacific second. in the Pacific Coast League one time for Joe DiMaggio. Second place, please. <laughs> what about the hitting streak he had with Marilyn Monroe? Nothing yeah. wrong with that either. Mm -hmm. That's even more impressive. Still brought her flowers to her grave, I think, every year until his death. Hmm. And then he got nothing. He got a free coffee maker. He didn't need one. He just go to Dinky Donuts. I got a Mr. Coffee. Down there one day. Yep. He's trying to get his attention. <laughs> Well, you turned the TV on. <laughs> that was impressive. Yeah. That was like a Fonz move Yeah, it was there. a Fonzie move. Yeah, yeah. yeah I got jukeboxes going up all over New England. <laughs> uh, congrats to Eric Booker from Selden, New York, out on Long Island. He set a Guinness record for chugging two liters of soda. How many? How much time do you think it took him to chug two liters? Of now, those are, you know, that's, that's a lot of soda. Yeah. Uh, probably just a matter of seconds. 18.45 seconds. Again, every time someone tries to break a world record, it's regrettable. <laughs> right. He, uh, how many? Two liters? Yes. Okay, so it's one of those two-liter bottles. Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, he smashed the previous record of 30 seconds. Jesus. There's video of it right so now on, on YouTube if you want to check it out. It so ends with a big belch at the end, by He the way. must have squeezed the bottles rather than oh. you know, just... You think there was some cheating involved? No, I don't think it's cheating. I just think it's technique. Mm -hmm. Same thing with like a like a Joey Chestnut. It's all technique. Yeah, I can't imagine how long that belch was afterwards. Oh my god, it must have felt so good. There you is know what? There Speaking of the belch, yeah. um, especially if you're on a date or what appears to be a date, uh, that's no longer. Even if you're in your twenties, 
that that that's not impressing the gals, <laughs> either the one at your table or any of the ones sitting near them. We went. I went last night to. Um, uh, now I gotta find the name of the place because I can't remember what it is. Down in um, Manchester, Connecticut, the Urban Lodge Brewing Company. Uh, went down there and and uh, had a had a drink and something to eat. And there's a kid sitting probably three tables away. We're, we're eating outdoors. Yeah. And uh, just all of a sudden, you hear this ripping burp. And and then you heard like over the course of an hour, you heard probably three or four others. And and it was like, dude, what what are you doing? Well, I mean, it's a trying nice to impress this chick. In some cultures, that's uh, considered a compliment. Yeah, I don't know which culture that is. The National Weather Service has issued a heat advisory for today. Highs in the low 90s. Also, excessive heat watch in effect Thursday and Friday. Highs in the mid to high 90s. I'm Dave Coombs filling in for Steve Nagel, and that's news to me with Hall of Famers. Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 8:53, and Pearl Jam and Rock 102. You know when those uh, pro golfers have a tournament and they play uh, three uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, four days of uh, 18 holes of golf. I'm like that's just that's just too much. I tell you what, <laughs> you give me three days of mini golf and I'm there. Well, I mean you can only only do so much mini golf in a lifetime. But uh, there's a great event going on. Uh, to benefit uh, the Shriners Hospital here in Springfield. Uh, Stacy Perlmutter is the Director of Development at uh, at Shriners. It's good to have you, Stacy. How are you? good to be here. Great. I'm great. Thank you for having me here. So this is uh, Putting for a Purpose. Tell us about uh, what this is all about. Putting for a Purpose is our first annual uh, signature fundraising event for 2021. Um, we usually have a radiothon, but we canceled it because of the pandemic and our safety protocols. So we wanted to keep everybody safe. We decided to do a mini golf tournament. September 9th, 10th, and 11th at McCray's Farm in South Hadley. And we're asking people to register a team of four and start fundraising because we need your help. Is that really why you changed it, or did you just kind of get tired of those radio people? <laughs> Not at all. Safety yeah. protocols first. Listen, we, we know radio people. They're no fun to hang out Wait, with. We don't even like being them, never mind hanging out with them. <laughs> Oh come on! You guys are great. So, but you guys have a goal that you're uh, that you're looking to hit, uh, and uh, you've already raised a good amount of money for it. But tell us about uh, you know where the money is 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 going to go for the kids at uh, at Shriners. Absolutely. So we've raised eighty three thousand uh, dollars. Our goal is two hundred thousand dollars, and every dollar that is raised through putting for a purpose will come back to the Springfield Hospital to provide the best quality care um, to our patients and our mission is to provide that care regardless of the family's ability to pay. So it's it's making a huge difference in the transformation of our patients' lives. Um, what was I going to say? Uh, so I go there and I say uh, I want to get involved in this and, and where do I go first of all? What's the website? So you go to puttingforapurpose.org mm-hmm. and you register your team of four, $10 per person to register, which will include your round of golf, your lunch, and an ice cream. And then what we do is we ask all those teams to raise a minimum of $500. So that way, all that money can come back to the hospital and help our patients. Um, and the more money you raise, the more swag you get. Really? Yeah. More ice creams? <laughs> More ice creams? Well, maybe we can talk about that. Because uh, <laughs> I know your typical miniature golf swag is not all that great, but it sounds like uh, that's not the case here. Not the case. No. Bags, magnets, mugs, T-shirts, 
great stuff. There you go. That is good stuff. Uh, so, but I, you know, we've we've uh, known people that have uh, you have know, had kids go to Shriners Hospital, and it's a remarkable place that does you know really incredible work. And and I don't know if enough people really know about what Shriners Hospital is all about. Tell us a little bit about uh, you know what they do. We are a specialty orthopedic um, children's hospital, so we cover all sorts of um, issues with um, spines or um, orthotics, prosthetics. Um, We have a fracture care clinic, so if a kiddo breaks his arm, he could come here and get casted. Um, Just some amazing transformational stuff here going on for our patients. How many uh, how many holes of golf is it uh, that that these people will be playing? Is it an eighteen hole round? It is. It 18 is eighteen holes. Yep. There we um, we've picked the uh, four hardest holes um, on the course at, to do hole in ones. So if somebody gets a hole in one right then and there, you'll get a prize. Oh wow! So if you can get uh, if you can pop a ball between the uh, the elephant's mouth and uh, <laughs> and the windmill, you might win something out of it. Absolutely. <laughs> That's great. So it's happening September 9th, 10th, and 11th at McRae's Farm. And, in fact, we actually have a, a four-pack of tickets to, uh, to give away, so you can participate in it. We'll take the 10th caller right now at 293-1021. Stacey Perlmutter from uh, Shriners Hospital. It's great to talk to you, and best of luck. Great talking to you. Thank you so much. Thank Absolutely. You. It's uh, 858 on Rock 102. Rock 102's Classic.